0: My name is Elizabeth. Uh, it is a joy to be with you today. I love, 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 love the opportunity to share. And so when Mark and Fran ask me to, I always uh, jump at the opportunity. Um, this week has been a big week a busy week but it's been really exciting it's been full of all these sweet little blessings Uh, for those of you who joined us yesterday in the garden um, we were at mildred wagner's house and it was like i don't even have words to explain just how lovely it was to have all these different women coming together Um, and like one of the big challenges of the day as we left was to exchange phone numbers with another lady, you know, so that way over the the course of crazy hectic holidays You can like text so it was cute seeing women, you know sharing numbers and then it was like do you text do you call? You know how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? But it was just the body coming together being the body and it was such such a joy um, Today, I'm super stoked to be here with you. I get to share with you um, about this topic that um, it just it it it, i thrive on it the idea of mission so this morning as we're kicking off our mission season love gives um, we get to dive into this idea of of mission and what god is calling the church um, to do and to be and if you hear nothing else today i know fran already kind of hit it up um, but just hear this go to kroger after church folks like Buy you a flat of corn or like six or seven bags of grits, whatever it is, just go to Kroger and buy some things. Um, I have some some sweet volunteers who are, are braving the dreary rain today um, and this week when I went down to make an outreach and I met with Robin you know their shelves currently their shelves are kind of stocked but they don't have any any backup you know and, and as she was talking about you know getting these folks ready for Thanksgiving holiday she's not talking about like the Thanksgiving holidays we have she's talking about we need to get them some basic staples because their kids are gonna be out of school for a few days you know so so they're talking about About getting these families the groceries that they need. And so please, please, please consider going um, to Kroger today. Either one, there's some cute banners, maybe balloons are still there if they haven't blown away. Buy some groceries and drop them off in the car. Um, So, again, the last, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks five weeks. We have been gearing up for our, our mission season here. And, you know, as I, as I talk about mission, I, I can kind of go into a lot of different areas. So there's probably going to be some, some rabbit trails today. So hold on. Um, I would not be the person that I am if it were not for mission i would not be on this stage if it were not for mission i would not be married to my super hot husband if it were not for missions um my adorable little monsters that are my my kids they wouldn't i wouldn't have them if it weren't for mission um and so it's a thing that i'm super passionate about when i was 15 years old i dedicated my life to jesus at uh, in this tiny little jungle church in costa rica Um, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it was but um, i was 15 my parents are awesomely insane and they let me go on a missions trip with two girls from my youth group um, with a mission organization we really didn't know a lot about Um, we got on an airplane first time i had ever flown let me tell you um, on this shaky little flight to cincinnati and then down to texas and um Yeah, had no idea what I was getting into at all. And again, as a parent now, I'm like, my parents were insane. I don't do what they did. But it was in this, you know, far out exotic place for me outside of my comfort zone, surrounded by other boys and girls my age that were so ridiculously in love with Jesus. Like the kind of in love with Jesus that I was like, what is... I mean, like at first, you know, like like the people who are a little out there. And, like, you, you're kind to them, but in the back of your mind, you're like, weirdos. Like, that was how I approached these folks. But the more I was around them, like, it just became infectious. Like, like they were the kind of people who loved Jesus without, like, weeping on your knees before the king of the universe kind of love and and what I began thinking of is weird kind of then got me a little like bitter like well why do they have that I why why do I not know about it like that and then from that that bitterness kind of turned into this like okay forget that how do I get it like how, how do I get that feeling that they have how do I experience what what they are experiencing And so for me, that was just kind of the beginning. It began in, like I said, this tiny little jungle, mosquito-filled, I don't even remember the name of the village anymore, but um, July 10th, 1999, I said, Jesus, I want you. I want you like my new friends have you. I want this... Just all consuming every day, I can't get enough of you, sort of thing. And so, you know, for me, um, and I remember at that time at 15, I remember very specifically saying, Jesus, I don't just want you forever, I want you every day. And here's what I meant by that. When I was a little girl, church camp, eight, somewhere in Podunk, Indiana. I remember praying the prayer at church camp, because I wanted the forever God. You know, like when the lady looks at you and says, well, do you want to go to hell? And as an eight-year-old, I was like, no, no, I don't, you know? And so, I remember that prayer as a, as a little girl saying, okay, I, I, I want eternity. I want the promise of forever. And so, as a little girl, I prayed that, and I believed that I was saved that day. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I began to experience this passionate, Everyday intimate relationship with jesus that i said god i don 't want just the promise of forever, I want the everyday part of you. I want the everyday relationship with you and and that 's kind of you know just the beginning for me over the next few years. I had the privilege of traveling to Africa again. My parents were weirdos, um, but again, it, it was this experience as a teenager where I, with my own eyeballs saw miracles like like this woman with super crippled mangled legs straightened because some kid who didn't know what they were doing prayed for her and believed that god was big enough to do it and then he did so i'm seeing these miracles i'm experiencing these things i am wowed and weirded out by all of it at 18 i signed up for um, a missions program that sent um 20-something people abroad. So I was like, rock on. This is what I'm going to do. Well, the year I signed up was the first year they decided to send a team in the 10 years they'd been open to make in Georgia. Um, and guess who they told God to send here? It was great. Um, but anyway, I signed up to do things like Northern Ireland and China and Sweden and these faraway, awesome, exotic places. And then God told them that I needed to come here. I, I was not open to the idea. Um... Uh, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, and so moving down here um, at 18 years old, there were a lot of things about Macon that were backwards to me um, as a, as a northern-oriented person. Um, I had never heard of a bold peanut. Um, we eat those at ball games. We don't put them in water. Um, it was called pop, not soda, Um, Houston, as in Texas, you know, all these things. I was like, what is up with these backwards people? You have one street that has 16 names. I was perpetually lost for the first six months because, you know, Forsyth and then Vonville and then Hardiman. I, I, I mean, what are you people? You know, so I struggled. And what God began showing me was that my idea of mission was a little backwards. You see, I was thinking that mission was the destination, mission was a trip mission was uh an experience right or even like an attitude like sometimes um like charitable organizations will have a mission statement like it's it's you know kind of this this attitude or 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 state of mind and and what god really began kind of opening up in me and, and softening me too despite my um negative attitude that's a good way to say it negative um was that the people I was around really began kind of getting under my skin. You see, when I first moved here, I worked at a youth center on Napier. And so, I don't know, the first three or four months, I really couldn't even understand what they were saying um, to me. Ebonics, I think, I mean, like, okay. You know, it, it took me a long time, but the more that I began getting to know them and their families, um, the, the folks that would come in, I worked at Joshua Cup. It was kind of a dual partnership. And the folks that would come in in the morning, every morning with their Southern draw and their pretty monogrammed wallets, you know, they began winning me over. And I began recognizing that the more God opened me up to people to his people, the more I began understanding that this whole concept that I had of mission, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a missionary. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be. It wasn't just this feeling or this thing. It was this lifestyle that completely centered around God's people. And that is where I think it really began kind of Shifting from me. And see, all throughout the gospel we see that example, the 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 way that Jesus would notice people, that he would love people, that he would look to the, the folks that are overlooked, right? The folks that are hiding up in the tree, you know, little Zacchaeus, there's a song about that. The leper, the person nobody wants to touch. You know, the prostitute, the people that we just kind of pretend we don't see because it's easier to do that. God gave us example after example through His Son, Jesus, of how He noticed people. So today, the passage I'm going to share with you guys. it's. in Matthew 10, um, the, the verse that's in your bulletin is actually—I'm going to hit on that at the end, Matthew 9. But this is Matthew 10. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Message Paraphrase Bible. And the reason I, I share that is because the, the Message Paraphrase, it is not a translation. It is uh, the Bible that is put kind of in today's terminology. Um, I have the, the, a parallel Bible, so I have the NIV, and then right beside is the Message. But this is Matthew 10, and I'm going to start at verse 2. It says, Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. This is the list of the 12 he sent. Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, Judas Iscariot. Who later turned on him is what the Bible says. He sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't worry about traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. Don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. All you need to keep that going is three meals a day. So travel light. (laughs) Travel light. The words of, you know. Anyway, so the, the thing that sticks out to me so much, and the reason I shared it with you from the message paraphrase is this. Tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. Don't begin by traveling to some faraway place. Start right in your neighborhood. You don't have to be dramatic. You don't have to be theatrical, says, says the word. Go to the lost, confused people right where you are. And as I began processing that this week, I was just like, man, why didn't I have that on repeat when I was, you know, this teenager who thought I was going to conquer the world, right? Right? Where, where was that then? And, you know, as I began just kind of dialoguing with the Lord about it this week, um, there are so many times in my life where I feel like God is like, hey, Elizabeth, it's not about you. I don't know those of you that have teenagers, you know, like you want to, you want to put that on repeat. Hey, teenager, it's not about you. Well, all week, I felt like God just was reminding me, hey, Liz, it's not about you. It's, it's not about what you're, what you're doing. And, and I, I find that, that as I you know, really began kind of diving into that, I don't think I am the only person that sometimes gets caught up in that thought when it comes to mission. You know, this idea that um, we, we fall into the trap that, that missions and service is best for us when it's convenient for us. When we have the time, I find myself, even now, I say, well, when my, my kids are a little bit older, I'll probably have more time. Or when I'm not paying for this or that or whatever, I'll probably have more resources. Then, then I can get more involved in mission. And I find myself so often taking myself out of, out of the playing field, right? putting the blinders on to all those people that Scripture told us to notice because I am not available then. I'm busy. My schedule is full. I have no more spare space. And I think when it comes to this idea of mission that that we put sometimes these limits on ourselves. We care for the bruised and the hurt when we have extra. And and I think sometimes, you know, even as as the director of, of missions and outreach here at Martha, we as a church can fall into that trap. You know, missions has its own category. Missions has its own budget. Missions has its own schedule and season, you know, and, and it's funny as we've been— This last week, some of you have watched the devotions in the morning, and I encourage you to to watch them. There's some awesome, awesome ministries that the church is is about, and we're going to speak about that in a second. But um, I've heard a, a couple people say, well, it is that time of year, and I find myself falling into that pattern. It's that time of year that mission should be on our mind. And here's the thing, I think okay that mission has a category. It it is great that mission has a place. Everything has a place. But what we have to kind of think through is if putting it in a category keeps us from from doing the work of Christ for people in need all the time, right? If we say, well, you know, it's in that spot, I don't have time for that spot, I'm going to do this, this, and this. No, God is calling us to be open and ready and prepared all the time. There's this pastor out of North Carolina, his name is Kevin DeYoung, um, I don't know him, but uh, he writes for this um, article, the, the Gospel Coalition, and I follow a lot of their postings and, and it's really great, but, but he a couple weeks ago he w- was writing this article and he made this statement. He said, the mission of the church is the task given by God for the people of God to accomplish in the world. I was like, okay, okay. So then I, the way my brain works, I had to like, okay, let's take it and let's break it down a little bit. So the mission of the church is the task given by God for the people of God to accomplish in the world. So the mission of the church is the job, the task, the duty of the people of God. So it's the, the job that God has given us, the people of God, to finish to complete, to accomplish in the world. The mission of the church, that, that, that is it. And, and I don't know about you, but as I began thinking through that, I was like, well, that doesn't sound like optional, you know? That doesn't sound like, well, hey, when you're available, when your schedule is free, when you've paid off the debt that you're worried about, then you can do—no, no, no, that just said the mission of the church is for the people of God who are called by God to accomplish what God is calling you to do in the world, period. Are you doing the mission of the church? And the passage I shared with you today in, in Matthew 10, what really drew me to this scripture was actually the one that's in your bulletin, um, Matthew 9:36 to 38. And I, I'm going to read it again, message paraphrase, thank you. And it says this, it says, When he, Jesus, looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, Jesus said to his disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. Ah, that, 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 that phrase, harvest hands, it is, I'll be honest, it has rocked me the last few weeks. Um, as, as you have seen these little devotions each morning this past week, I, I had the privilege of going in <laughs> with my awesome knowledgeable skill of uh, videography, filming in my cute little iPhone, um, and hearing the stories of these people. And in the back of my mind, I just keep hearing, harvest hands, harvest hands. You see, if I were to describe my hands, I don't know that that's how I would call them. I would call them full hands. I would call them busy hands. I would call them uh, hectic hands, right? Right. Um, messy hands mama i'm a mama to two little boys and let me tell you boys are it's gross right messy hands but harvest hands and it's just been this challenge for me this week Um, and i I, i've been reminded as as it says pray for harvest hands and then jesus he, he reminded them see he says that in chapter 9, and then he goes on to chapter 10. And he, he doesn't just go to the church and say, okay, church, go do it. No, he goes to his 12 disciples, the guys who are committed to him, the guys that, that, that are doing life with him day in and day out. He said, okay, guys, there's not enough workers, right? He said that the, the workers are few, so I'm sending you out. Go, harvest hands. Don't, don't do a big fundraising campaign before you go. Don't pack all your bags. Don't feel like you have to go to some far-off great place. Don't feel like you have to have all the words. Sometimes that limits us, right? Well, what if somebody asks a question I don't know the answer to? I, I don't, I don't want to say anything. Or, or we say, I, I don't know the Bible enough. I, I don't, I don't, I, what if they ask me a question I can't answer? So we limit ourselves. Jesus was telling the disciples, it doesn't matter about those things. Go. The workers are few, but the harvest is many. Have harvest hands and go. Um, this week, um, as we launch into you know the, our, our today is our big campaign, I love how clever that is, by the way. Um, and this coming up week, you're going to continue to see devotions of, of some of the, the many ministries. And, and, you know, the heart of this, this message today is, is for each of us, a personal challenge. How am I living out mission? How am I individually um, living into the call to have a harvest hands? But I just want to share with you, as the director of missions at Martha Bowman and, and our community outreach here, I am constantly blown away and blessed by the spirit of love and generosity that oozes out of this place. Um, And not just for mission and ministry, but, you know, high schools that call and say, hey, could you help us out? Or or we had an elementary school call and say, hey, our kids really need water bottles. Is that a thing you got? I don't know if we do that, but we'll figure it out, you know. Martha Bowman has this heart and spirit of generosity, so so I believe as as a person that works so closely with missions and ministry here at our church, yeah, Martha, we we embody Harvest Hands well, and I am so honored to be a part of that. Um, In closing today, and I'm closing a little bit early because, again, Kroger, um, this past week—and I'm trying to not share too much because you haven't seen this devotion yet— But I was at one of our local ministries and um, just kind of getting, you know, filming the director and some of the volunteers and some of the different places. And uh, I was walking outside and and one of the women who is a participant, she was sitting there and uh, the director, she said, does anybody want to be on camera? Anybody have anything, you know, to share about this place? And she was like, well, I'll talk. And and again, I was like, this is going to be good, you know, because you never know. And um, this woman, and again, I'm trying to not share too much because it'll bless you when you see it with your eyeballs, but she just started talking. She said, literally, this ministry has changed my life. And I was like, okay, do you want to go into detail? And she's like, okay, sure. And she began talking about, and just in in three minutes, I heard her story. She was a, a victim of domestic abuse. Years and years and years and years and years. She kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. And she's like, I finally got to the place where I knew if I went back, I would not, I would not be here. I, I wouldn't be alive, and I wouldn't have anything to give to my children or my grandchildren. I needed something to change. So I moved into Salvation Army, and I didn't know what to do. And she began just this story of how this ministry and what began with just a place for her to go... And, and and get water, you know, just a place for her to get off the street and get some water. And then she found out that that, oh, well, I, I could, you know, get some snacks here from time to time. I mean, this woman is homeless. Um, and it's just, it, it's so powerful. Uh, by the time she was done with her three-minute story, she was crying, I was crying, other participants were just listening and crying. I mean, because she was literally saying, it began with a glass of water and a hot dog, and my my life has changed. And to hear her you know, excited about. She, she has an apartment now, and, and she has a vehicle that uh, a family member gave her because she did not go back into domestic violence. They said, okay, we're, we're going to support you and stand behind you because you're trying to change your life. And she's like, I, I don't have a washer and dryer, so I come down here, I get my laundry done, you know. But but hearing her go on and on about how this ministry blessed her, and she's like, and now every Thursday I come, and I, I stop, you know, at the at the corner store before I come and I, I pick up what I can and, and I, I hand out the granola bars to the folks that, that I see sit you know walking up to the up to the center because I know they're probably hungry and, and so she is talking about how somebody showed her love, somebody showed her harvest hands, they modeled it. And now here she is, not with a lot, not going to some faraway place, not doing a fundraising campaign before she goes, not theatrical, not dramatic. But saying, well, somebody modeled for me harvest hands, so I'm going to do what I can with my $6.27 and buy as much granola bars as I can to hand out and be harvest hands to others. And and it's just moving. And so, guys, today, um, you know, as we're in this mission season, I just, I want to encourage you that the call that God has on each of us is great We shouldn't be weighed down by it. We shouldn't be overwhelmed by it because it's not this command that we have to go and do it. He doesn't do it in that kind of like go and be all the things. It's this beautiful invitation that says, will you walk in this incredible opportunity to bless the lives and change the lives of those who are lost? Some folks may be hungry. Some folks might need homes. Some folks might just need a phone call. That is mission. Picking up the phone and calling somebody that God lays on your heart, that is living a a mission lifestyle that says, hey, I'm going to notice those around me. It doesn't mean that they have to be poor or they have to be homeless. It means you have eyes to see God's people, to live in um, community with those around you. That's what he calls us to. That's what he invites us to. And I'm so excited that I'm a part of a church body with all of you who do that very well in our community.